0: What many people fail to realize is that we need the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to live our lives in such a way that it would draw people to Jesus. Welcome to the Portland Christian Center podcast. This is week one of three in the series, Arrows Out. Now here is Pastor Nate. Come on. It's good to see you. Good morning, Portland Christian Center. It's, uh, man, those were a lot of announcements. Great things happening. One thing I, I just have to say, ladies, well done cheering for the ladies' Bible study. Come on. I'm not going to lie. Where are my men at? I feel like uh, I need a, there we go, like a home improvement. Remember that old old tool time where they're like, where are, or whatever they did, I don't even know. It's been so old. Uh, But, man, it's gonna be a a great time either way. So I hope you come out for that. Also, the Better Together night, I heard Chick-fil-A will be on the menu. So make sure if you weren't already ready to be together, you are now ready to be together. So it's gonna be a great time. Um, one quick note, I just before I get started with the message, um, I want to thank Pastor Rod for mentioning obviously 9/11 and uh, all the things that our country went through. It's so important that we remember that and pray for that. Also, um, this week is significant. the The Queen passed away. And uh, we want to pray uh, for that nation, and for all, also for, man, just grateful for her legacy. What a woman of God, led through so many things. And so we just want to, man, we can give her applause. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and the last thing um, I wanted to pray for is just for the, the fires to be gone, in Jesus' name, amen. I know that a lot of us have, um, have friends and loved ones that have been impacted. I know we have been with the smoke, And if you're watching online, maybe you're down there somewhere where where the fires are, threatening. I have some friends, actually, that one of their cabins is, uh, was, was destroyed. So we're going to pray uh, for anybody that's been touched by that. Uh, we know that even in difficult times, our God is greater. He has a plan and uh, that there will be good that comes out of it. But in the middle of the season where it's difficult and trying, we, we, we call on the Lord and he'll answer us. Amen. So we just bow your heads with me? We're just going to pray. So Father, I thank you for our country. Thank you for the lives and people that made the sacrifices for us to have freedom And for the people, Lord, that lost loved ones during 9-11, we pray for them. And uh, all the people that were affected by it. Lord, we thank you for the queen, her life, her legacy, her love for you. And we just pray for the country, Lord, that you would just touch them. And thank you for all that she has done, God. And then finally, we lift up the fires to you. May they be extinguished in Jesus' name. And uh, we just pray for lost um, houses and things that have gone on. Pray for safety for the firefighters and uh, the smoke, everything that's going on. We just pray that you would bring your rain. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. And everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. Does anybody here, I I want you to just think back for a moment. Remember with me your very first job. Your very first job, okay? If you got it? And I just want to add, just by a show of hands, was your first employer one of your parents? <laughs> if that's you, raise your hand, okay? I just want to see. My first employer was my parents, okay? We have a lot of you that, that can resonate with that. My, my parents paid me to mow the lawn. That was my first job. And I remember uh, being so proud the first two or three times I I mowed the lawn. Then after that, it turned into a job. And Titus is kind of in that. He just started mowing our lawn. And uh, he's about three mows in, and he still thinks it's the best. And so uh, would you just agree in prayer with us that that continues? (laughs) Because that might run out real fast. But I remember mowing my lawn. Uh, was my, my parents' lawn. And I, I finished mowing the lawn. This was a hot summer day. And we had one of those push uh, Honda mowers. And it was a, I remember my dad being so proud. Uh, he had it running for almost 30 years. And he actually still has it in his shed. Uh, this little Honda mower, it's st- I believe it still runs. Um, and so I remember mowing and the bag filled up, it stopped. So I went took out the bag, went to go dump it in the the can and came back and I went to start the mower and the Lord had answered my prayers because the mower did not work. (laughs) And I was hopeful that that meant we were done mowing for the day and I got to go swimming, play with my friends, do something other than mowing the lawn. And so I, I called my dad, I said, hey, bummer. The mower's broken. You're going to have to fix it. I'm done for the day. Thank you. And and he said, whoa, 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 whoa. Not so fast. And he said, did you put gas in it? Absolutely, I put gas in it just before I started mowing. So about halfway done. He said, well, let's check a few things. So he, he pulls out the spark plug. He checks the spark plug. He checks the cables. He's checking all these things. And it still wouldn't start. And I'm just thinking, yeah. And then he says, are you sure you put gas in it? I said, absolutely. And he goes, well, let's just double check it, shall we? So he opens the cap and sure enough, dry as a, as a bone. The, it was all done. And he said, what? There's no gas. And I said, oh, how did that happen? <laughs> so we put gas back in it and we mowed it. And I, I remember mowing the lawn. And one of the things about my dad that was pretty funny when we lived in, in Kent was that the lawns, some of you maybe, like you take your lawn pretty seriously. We took it to the next level. We put in a drain, we made it perfectly flat, and you had to cross-cut your grass. So it stood up just right. I mean, the mariners were envious of our lawn. (laughs) I tell you that today because I really believe One of the struggles as you follow God, if you've encountered Jesus, maybe you've had an encounter with God, is that sometimes we go through life and we live our faith in Christ based on an encounter with God that happened maybe a month ago, maybe years ago, maybe a decade ago, and you don't even realize it, but your take is empty and you're trying to go through life without a full tank of gas. And what I want to remind you today as we start this series, it's all about arrows out. And when I say arrows out, what I mean is this. Jesus said, if anybody would follow me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, arrows out. And guess what? You're now following Jesus. You've put your arrows that were once pointed all about you, me, me, filling what I want, my needs, my favorite ice cream. Which, by the way, if you're asking, is cookies and cream with a little bit of whipped cream on it and caramel. Just take notes. So it moves from that. What many people fail to realize is that we need the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to live our lives in such a way that it would draw people to Jesus. And if you want to do that on your own, I promise you, you'll end up like that lawnmower out in the field, dry and weary and not able to do anything. Why? Because in case you haven't noticed, the world can be hard. Life can be hard. The things that you go through on a day-to-day basis are actually drying you up constantly, aren't they? But If you will allow the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, he actually says that I have living water that will allow you to live arrows out in such a way that you will never run dry. You will always be filled with life. You will always have hope. And so the challenge for all of us that I want to talk to you about is something that I just believe is one of the most difficult things on the planet, and that is one word. You ready for it? One word. The most difficult thing I think as Americans we struggle with is this word, wait. Who likes to wait? I was just at the DMV getting our license plates changed, and guess what? I had the privilege of waiting. we'll just leave it there. (laughs) Because waiting is not our favorite, yet God has a purpose for your waiting. If you turn in your Bibles, where's our Bibles at? Come on, wave them high. And as we learned last week, no, this is not a prop. I will read from the Bible again this week. (laughs) Thank you, Pastor Rick. Week two, I love it. So Someone actually said to me last Sunday, I said, we're so glad you read out of your Bible and not the iPad. I thought that was so fun. So we're going to do that again. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Go ahead and turn there. Acts chapter 1. And I want to give you just a little bit of overview overview about Acts. Um, Luke is the one who wrote Acts. And many people don't realize this. If you combine um, the book of Luke, which he wrote as well, Luke and Acts, he actually wrote, if you go by the amount of Scripture, like the volume, he wrote 28% of the New Testament. That's actually more than the Apostle Paul and John wrote. Some of you are like, what? I thought Paul wrote. He wrote the most books. But Luke apparently was very long-winded. <laughs> we know he was a physician. We also know that he was not one of the disciples. Many scholars believe that he actually became a believer after Jesus rose from the dead. One of the most important things to know about Luke as he's writing this detailed account is that he is someone who is going to give you a doctor's order, something that is prescribed that you need to understand so that you can live arrows out, full of faith. So he sees Jesus, after he's risen from the dead, for 40 days. And then Jesus ascends. And during this time, he writes to a guy named Theophilus. I think that's where, on the Cosby Show, they got Theo. But Acts 1, in my first book, I told you Theo, or Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach, Until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit, during the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways, and this is so important, Christians, that he was actually alive. Yes, he rose from the dead. Can I get an amen? And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, now this is the waiting part, you ready? Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with, the, with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are are not for you to know. Whoa! For some of the people that love end time prophecy, it's so important to study and know what the Bible says about it. But remember what Jesus just said. Who sets the time when, they, when Jesus returns? The Father does. Are we to know exactly the day, hour, and time? Are you sure? Yeah, that's right. No. No. But, in other words, while you're waiting for Jesus to return, you have a job to do and I have a job to do. Do you realize that? You and I are to occupy before he comes. And this is what we're supposed to do. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he dropped the mic, some of you are still waiting to understand that joke. He was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Thank you, Jesus. He's coming back. Amen? Amen. So what did Jesus tell his disciples to do? Wait. Wait. Verse 4 says, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wait. Do not leave. Now, one of the things to, to understand... How long did they have to wait? I don't like waiting. You already, you already hear this. Did you know that you will spend about six months of your life waiting in traffic lights? And that's just in the city of Portland. Just kidding. On average, you'll spend that much time. Do you know how long the disciples had to wait between when Jesus ascended to heaven until when the, the Holy Spirit came? About 10 days. About 10 days. How, how do I know that? Okay, the day of Pentecost. Pentecost was 50 days after Jesus' resurrection. Everybody understand that? And the Bible, we just read that Jesus ascended to heaven after 40 days. So there's a 10-day gap between when Jesus says you need to wait and the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you receive power. Now, next week, we're going to open up in Acts chapter 2 and we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit impacts us. But today, I want to talk to you about the power of waiting. We've already established the fact that many of us struggle with waiting, period. Just waiting in general. That's just not our favorite thing to do ever. But why would he want us to wait? The reason is, is that you and I need power. Acts 1, you will receive power. That word there is dunamis. And it means that there is a living power inside of you. And I love how Philippians says this. It will give you the will and the power to do what God has called you to do. And what is that to do? To live arrows out. It's not about me. It's about loving him and reaching as many people as I can for the glory and power of Jesus Christ. So my big idea, if you're taking notes, and you can write this down, is this. Arrows out begins with the Holy Spirit. Arrows out begins with the Holy Spirit. Turn your neighbor and say, arrows out, arrows out begins with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So, so why is that so important? Why would we need to do that? Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Why do we need to wait on him? Here's why. Because he fills our hearts, number one, with compassion. He fills our hearts with compassion. One of the things that you and I struggle with is that in our waiting for what Jesus is going to do, people irritate us. <laughs> don't look at your neighbor again. <laughs> people just have a tendency to drive us crazy. They don't look like us, they don't smell like us, they don't sound like us, they don't like the same things we like. And there's just something that happens that's just, oh! we get irritated. And wh- that's why we've got to wait on the Holy Spirit because it moves us from being irritated to pe- for, by people and having compassion for them. You see, all of us need this in our lives because the, just like the disciples, I want to read this to you. In Luke 9, 52-55, it says this, Jesus sent messengers ahead to a Samaritan village to prepare for his arrival. But the people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. When James and John saw this, they said to Jesus, Lord, could you imagine saying this to Jesus? Should we call down fire from heaven upon them to burn them up? Could you imagine saying that? You know, Lord, I was at Winco today. And this person was, you know, should we just call fire down on them right now? I mean, they were touching all the avocados. And I just don't think that, like seriously, but what we fail to realize, the longer we're not relying on the Holy Spirit, the more dry we become, the more irritable we are. Wait, wait, wait. Isn't it funny just me saying this? I, could, I can see some of you thinking, get to the next point. <laughs> Would you move on already? No, you need to wait. Why? Because it's hard for us to wait. It just is. There you go. Wait faster. Amen. (laughs) We want to wait. We want, we don't want to wait. I mean, think about it. If you've ever been married, when you were engaged, I just can't wait to get married. When you're having a baby, I can't wait to see our baby. I mean, there's so much of our life that we want to rush through. But I've found that when it comes to waiting on the Holy Spirit, the less I try to rush, the more filled I become. The more present I am with my family, the more present I am with people. And here's the truth. The less irritable I am with those who would normally irritate me. And why does that matter? Because if you're going to live arrows out, get ready, newsflash, people are going to offend you. People are gonna hurt you. So one of the things that we've instituted at Portland Christian Center, maybe you're aware of this, maybe you're not, is as a staff, Monday through Thursday, we come right here at 8.30 and we wait on the Lord. We turn worship music on, we have communion, we pray together, sometimes I talk way too long, and then we go about our day, why? Because the things that God has called us to do require the power of the Holy Spirit. And before I get too excited about that, I want to encourage you, don't believe the lie that you can't do that on your own. Don't believe the lie that you can't make that a priority in your own life. Why? Because every single one of us have time for what matters to us. Every single one of us know that it's not about making more time, it's prioritizing the time that we already have. It's the one resource that every single one of us has the exact same amount of. You can't make more of it up, can you? No matter how rich you are or how poor you are, we all have the exact same amount of time. So it's not about making more time. It's about prioritizing the time you have and asking yourself, Am I today filled with the Holy Spirit in such a way where I can love the most difficult, challenging, snotty-nosed person that I meet today? And until I'm ready, I better go back to the altar and turn that worship music up a little bit louder and just allow the Holy Spirit to do something that only He can do, and that's this. Melt and mold your heart with the love of Jesus. And how does He do that? When you pray, you say, Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus to me. And as he does, you start remembering like that song we sang. While I was a sinner, Christ died for me. When I was broken, when I was lost, he found me. He turned my life around. I am nothing without him. I'm nothing without him. So he gives us compassion, doesn't he? The second thing that ends up happening, if you're taking notes, number two, is compassion increases your capacity to do more than you ever thought possible. More than you ever thought possible. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, in Judea, and to the ends of the world. The truth is, We need Jesus to increase our capacity. If we're going to love to the ends of the world, that that requires the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if you're like me, I struggle loving my neighbors. When I was living in Puyallup, around 2000, Puyallup, Washington, by the way, 2012, 2013-ish, somewhere in there. Um, We moved there in 2009. Um, We had neighbors that, I'll just be honest with you, I I struggled with. The major reason is that my grass connected to their grass. (laughs) Just being honest. And so I would mow my lawn, and their lawn would just keep getting taller and taller and taller and taller. And then they had kids that for some reason loved to throw rocks. And one time, I, my nice Honda mower ran over a rock and chipped the blade. And I remember being so frustrated and just over and over and over, and they would be loud at night. One time, they were so loud and screaming, we actually had to call 911 to make sure that something bad didn't happen. So I remember, now can you see how this story builds? It's getting worse by the second. How much compassion do you think is happening right now in my heart? So I remember one time I came in and I was hot, I was tired, and I was talking to to my wife, and I was like, My oh, and she's like, she could tell I had a bad attitude. You know, wives, how you can tell your husband just needs to go spend time with Jesus (laughs) or do something. So she's like, she I remember looking at her in the kitchen, she said, You need to go pray about that. Last thing I wanted to hear. Just being honest. (laughs) Last thing I wanted to hear. So I remember like, I knew she was right. I didn't want to do it. So I remember I went outside, and I I sat down. I started praying about it. And the Holy Spirit told me, you need to mow their lawn. No, that can't be from God. No, I'm like arguing on my front steps. There's no way God would want me to mow their lawn. There's no way. What if they are mad at the way I cut it? You know, I'm starting to think about all all these excuses. So finally I stop arguing and I go and mow their lawn. You know how when you're doing something you want to go really fast to get out, right? So I'm, I'm going really fast, trying to get done, trying to leave, and sure enough, they hear me. Next thing I know, the mom's out, all three of their daughters are out, and they are not trying to stop me. You know what they're doing? Good job, they're cheering for me. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. What is happening? Like, don't you know you should be doing this? And then they're giving me a hug, like, thanks for mowing my lawn. I don't have a mower. You're doing a great job. I'm like, no. So we start building a relationship. Myel comes up. Titus is just born. He's a baby. And then one of the girls is like, oh, I love babies. And she grabs Titus and starts holding. I'm like, no, no, this is not what I want. I had almost zero capacity. I want you to check this. Almost zero capacity. I could preach a sermon. I can love people out in the streets. But when it's in your neighborhood, when it's somebody that you don't relate with and you don't connect with, there's something inside of me that says, I don't, oh wait, those are arrows pointing in, aren't they? Where are arrows supposed to be pointed out? I wait on the Holy Spirit because he transforms my heart. I need capacity to love every person. Not just the person that looks like me, sounds like me, and can mow their own lawn. So we started talking to them, and we find out just a sad story. Every single girl had a different dad by the same mom. And we start talking to him and the guy that's living there now with her, isn't their dad, any of their dads, just this complete mess. So Myel's talking to him, we're talking to him, and the next thing I know, Miles like, hey, you guys should come to church with us. I'm like, oh no, Lord. Miles, Miles, slow down, slow down. I just got done mowing their lawn, okay? One step at a time. So next thing that I, hear, I hear them say, we would love to go to church with you. I'm like, oh, Lord. We're starting a bus ministry, what's happening? So then we, we get, uh, we, we, but Maelle says very clearly, she's like, okay, here's the deal. If you want to come to church with us, because the mom couldn't make I think she had to work that day. She's like, if you want to come to church with us, you've got to um, come to our house at 8.15 in the morning. 8.15, you come and we'll take you. We're not going to ring the doorbell. We, we, got our, we got church to do, we got things, but 8.15. So we went inside and I'm thinking, oh, there's no way they're going to wake up at 8.15. The next morning is Sunday, church. 7.15 in the morning, 7.15, the doorbell rings and I hear this voice. Can I go to church with you? Can I go to church with you? I was like, no, Lord. So my was like, well, go tell him to come back in an hour. So I go back downstairs, you know, I'm like, hey, sweetie. She's like, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm like, oh, okay. But we got one more hour. We said 8.15. She goes, oh, Okay. I'll be right back. So she went back over to her house. I shut the door. I went back upstairs. Next thing I know, 8.15 rolls around. Ding, ding. Can I go to church with you? Week after week, this girl started coming. She got saved. We baptized her. God did an amazing work in their lives. And here's what that story points out more than anything. Unless I have compassion for people, it's really hard for God to use me because I know he'll work around me and sometimes he'll work through, he'll work like, okay, you're the stumbling block, we'll just work around you. But if I want to be used by God, you know what needs to change first? Is Is my heart. He needs to melt and mold my heart so that I see people the way that Jesus saw people. Because the challenge is, if you're like me, sometimes we're carrying our own burdens. Sometimes we're carrying our own weight. And what happens? Arrows get in, don't they? When your prayer life exists of me, 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 and my family, we have to ask ourselves, when was the last time I prayed for the lost? When was the last time I prayed for my neighbors? When was the last time, because our prayer life will tell you where your arrows really are pointed. And if you don't have a prayer life, then it really tells you where they're pointed. Nowhere. Arrows out is about lightening the loads of people, not putting on more burdens. Point number three, we'll put it up there, is this. Lighten the load, not weigh people down. Jesus said it this way, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. When I was, uh, I, think I, I think it was like 2014, I was, I was a youth pastor still. And uh, I was lifting weights with a bunch of high schoolers. And you know, boys, they are strong, Um, and I'm I'm trying to keep up with them, right? You know, so I'm like, oh, stretching, you know, trying not to hurt myself, warming up, and they're adding weight, adding weight, and of course, guys, they go to the bench press, right? That's like the only thing they know how to lift. So they're benching, they're benching, they're benching, and it's getting heavier and heavier, and I wasn't really paying attention. They kept adding weight onto mine, you know, and so we're lifting, and I'm kind of trying to match it, and all of a sudden, the next one, I wasn't looking, my left arm arm was like, oh, and I was, could barely, get, and I got the right arm, my left arm, and I was thinking, what happened to my arm? And so and then I noticed he started laughing. They added two plates on the left side <laughs> without me noticing it, right? That is a lot of what happens to so many people. They're going through life, and something sneaks up on them, and a plate gets added. A plate gets added. A plate gets added. And you know what that plate looks like? Sickness. Someone got cancer. You know what it looks like? Their child is going through a difficult time. There's a bad diagnosis. There's a death in the family. Suddenly, they had a great job, but now they have no job. And what ends up happening is you, go to, you meet with people, and the truth is, they are not nice. And you want to know Why? because they have an uneven amount of weight on one side of their life, and they're barely hanging on. And as you walk into their life, they're bumping into you. They're bumping into you. And the lie of the enemy, the trick of the enemy is to do this, get angry with them. You see, church, when I ask you, and we're, we're inviting everybody into this, this moment of worshiping Jesus, encountering his presence, it's not meant to stay here you are gonna to leave today and you're maybe gonna to go to lunch or you're gonna go out somewhere in a park and you're gonna find some people that have a weight on their arms that is too heavy for them to carry and God has sent you to help lift those burdens up. And how do you do that? With your own strength, with your wisdom, with your words? No, with the power of the Holy Spirit. What people need the most are the hands and feet of Jesus, loving every person they meet. That's what arrows out looks like. So my question for you today is are you willing to wait because it's not wasted time? Are you willing to wait on the Holy Spirit are you willing just to say, God, I glorify your name, I worship you, I praise you, I give you everything that's in my life, every burden that I've been holding on to, every weight, I just choose in these next three to five minutes, I'm just gonna worship Jesus. Why is that so important? Because you can't live arrows out without the Holy Spirit. Trust me, I've tried. And I look just like that lawnmower in the field, dry and dead, unable to cut a blade of grass. I want to invite you to stand with me just for a moment. Go ahead and stand. And as you do, I want you to start allowing Jesus to touch your life. If you're here this morning, I just feel like the Holy Spirit was stirring something as we were talking. And as I was talking about weights, there are people here that are weighed down by life. There's something heavy that you can't carry. And if that's you, I just believe the Lord is about to lift some burdens off people's lives. He's come to set captives free. He's come to break off the things that are weighing you down. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. If there's a weight in your life, thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. Lots of hands. You have weights in your life. Come on, this is the place for freedom. Lift your hands high. If you're tired of carrying that burden, if you're tired of carrying something that you weren't meant to carry, lift your hands and allow Jesus to do what only he can do. Come on, saints, let's pray together. Father, I pray for every person with their hands raised high right now. In Jesus' name, I declare that you are the God that sets people free. We ask that you would lift these burdens off, God, in Jesus' name. Do what only you can do, Father. Do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, you can put your hands down. I want to give everybody an opportunity online. We had two people receive Christ online last week. Isn't that awesome? Come on. And we had people receive Christ here. Everything that we do is glorifying God and pointing people to Jesus. So if you're here today and you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I would just love for you to lift your hand. You can put it in the chat again. Just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. We're not going to embarrass you. You don't have to get out of your seat. Just raise your hand and we're going to pray with you. Anybody in the house, anywhere, we're just going to pray with you right where you are. Anyone on the balcony? Sorry, the lights are bright. It's hard to see. By the way, we love the balconies filling up. We love you guys. We're so glad you're here. All right. So would everyone bow your heads and close your eyes with me. If you I don't know online if someone's receiving Christ right now. I'm believing there is. Amen? So Jesus, would you, everyone repeat after me, say, Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I repent of my ways, and I turn to you. I'm going to live arrows out, serving you, God, and loving others. Fill me with your presence, with your joy, your love, and I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For the next five minutes, what I, I want to challenge you to do everything you can to do one thing. Wait on the Lord. Just wait on God. Turn your phone off if you need to. Get out of your seat if you need to. Come up to the front. That, the altar is simply a, a space for you to get out of your normal perspective and be with Jesus. So if you wanna do that, come up. And all I'm asking you to do right now during this next song is just give Jesus all of your attention and wait on Him and the Holy Spirit will come in like a flood and fill you with power so that you can live arrows out because PCC is placed perfectly to reach Portland and the world because of what the Holy Spirit is doing inside of every single one of you. And He's not done, amen? He's not done. He's not done. So would you lift your hands with me? Come on, let's lift our hands together. Let's welcome the Holy Spirit. Have your way. And let's sing this song together. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands with me. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com. or Join us online for a live stream at ten thirty at live.pcctoday.com.